Welcome to The Pew, the place where everyday guys talk about everyday things in front of the one person who can do something about it, Jesus Christ. Now here's your host, just a guy in the pew, John Edwards. Welcome back to The View, everybody. I am your host, John Edwards, and here to the left of me, as always, except for last week, is That's Victor right. Adams. In other days, and <laughs> other weeks, but yes. That's right, but yeah. I have a stellar, I always have a stellar person waiting on deck. Right, well, that's uh, and awesome. I know yes. that he yeah, spends no. his life waiting for me to call him to he step does. in for you. But right. <laughs> yeah, Stella, <laughs> it's not just a beer. No, but uh, it was you know. Sorry, you couldn't be here last week. I know it was the episode after Holy Week, and I'm sure you had a great Holy Week. You told right, me you did yeah. the other day, and um, you know, Deacon Jeff and I talked about the impact of Holy Week, and really, you know, are we going to be different? You know, and mm-hmm. and it, it was lens over uh, what now is what that episode was called, and. You know, we talked about uh, really just there's a, there's a decision that has to be made. Is it going to be business as usual, and and we're just going to you know go back to the everything we dropped before Lent, and it's just another thing in the calendar, and we're off to Cinco de Mayo and all those things next, and or is it going to be something that really transforms your life? So that's what we talked about. I'm glad you're back in here today. We got sort of a follow up to that with another question, but before we get started, I want to um, I just want to remind everybody about our parish missions. Uh, you know, we are continuing to go out and do those. Uh, we've got some more informa- uh, invitations today. In fact, I met with a guy from Nashville. I went and spoke at his Legatus group, and afterwards, uh, his name's Jeremy, and he came and met mm-hmm. with me and said he's interested in, in uh, bringing us to his parish to try to start something there for men and cool. to do this mission. And actually, he told me to, to compliment you. He said that he enjoys you on the podcast and loves listening to you and all that. And I said, Victor, did Victor pay you? or? Yeah. <laughs> Did you, did you know Victor before it this? It was PayPal. No. Don't worry about it. Yeah, keep moving along. Right. Untraceable. Right. No, but he did. He really, he really spoke highly of you and said, you know, it, it, you guys really compliment each other well. So, and I hear that often. So, uh, if I don't tell you enough, I'm sorry. It's all right. <laughs> but, just birthday presents coming up. You know, just make sure that's you know. That's right. I'll get you all the polonka right. that you've received from people around. <laughs> so, um, but no, uh, I met with him and he wants us to come to his parish. And, and there's several others that have reached out. You know, we've got that up on our website now where people can fill out forms to have a call mm-hmm. with me and find out more and you know victor again we've talked about it week after week on the podcast and if you guys are getting bored of it i'm sorry but this is what i really think that our mission is doing right now and what god has us, our ministry is doing and what god has us on a mission of doing well, we is, want to keep them in the loop that's the thing right yeah. is going and preaching the kerygma and right. talking about a real relationship with jesus and and you know our identity god's identity and our purpose and then helping men through giving them a format to really go and, and be able to start something in their own parish that's going to last long after I'm gone, um, that will be built on them and how the Spirit is leading them more than just you know me coming in and trying to give them a, you know, a 10-year contract to watch a bunch of videos and all that stuff. It's like, no, let's just help you with a structure and help you, you know, offer our, our services to continue to help you lead. And when I say services, I don't mean paid services. I right. just mean, you know, with our videos and things on our on our page, help you to continue to grow as leaders. So, um, folks, we've got some openings in July, June. We've got a couple in October. Uh, September's pretty open. Right now, the other ones are, are kind of booked up with them. But if you're looking to do this, you know, go out to our page, the events page, go in the middle, you'll see interested in men's groups, click that, fill out the form, schedule time with me, and I'd love to come talk to you about it, all of this and, and to come to your parish and really help you get something going. There's a lot of men out there that I know have a desire for this because they they email in the podcast. I want to do something like this, but I don't feel equipped. I want to do something like this, but the devil keeps convincing me, uh, you know, of my mistakes. 
and all those things. And that's why it's a big part of the retreat when I talk about those things or the mission. But guys, I mean, it, don't listen to all that. If you have that spark in your soul, then then just say yes to the Lord. It may not mean you got to lead it, but you may be the person that brings it to the to the pastor. And then you you in in, in you know by chance or or on purpose, right? Bring this to your right. parish and start to to be the gateway that this is is brought there and change starts to happen. So don't underestimate what God might be putting in your heart, you know, or on your mind or in your soul or, you know, uh, just whispering to you in one way or another about, uh, you know, if, if you've been moved by these podcasts and, and feel like he's calling you to do something, we're more than glad to come and help you do it. So this is what we love to do. That's how I love to spend my time and what I think that we're doing unique uh, in this ministry to help men's ministry get started. So you can do that by going to, uh, again, the events page, go to the middle to the men's group and then click there and fill out the form or schedule a call with me through Calendly. And we'll sit down and spend some time trying to figure out when we can get there and how we can help. Um, another thing I want to bring up is the studio update. We're getting further to, you know, than we were last week, which is good. It looks like we got a solid week of good weather. So I think they're going to be able to button up some things, get their inspections done, finish running the AC, put a window in today. So it's completely in the dry now. So we should be able to start drywalling and all that stuff. And and really just start getting that equipment in there and getting it ready to start rolling. So excited about that. Thank you to everybody that has donated. You know, we've got about $7,000 raised now. Um, I looked earlier today and, and you know, a lot of that's been $5 a month, $10 a month. You know, um, some people are giving, you know, all, you know, one-time donation. But, you know, thank you to all of you that have done anything, that have given anything. And, and I just ask for those of you that are listening to consider becoming a supporter because as this ministry grows, we have growing needs. And one way that's, that is really helpful for a lot of ministries is to have people that just become a supporter. And, you know, with donor box, it doesn't mean you have to become a 25 or a 45 or a hundred or 200. You can become a $5 one. You can be a one-time person. You can do an annual thing. Um, that's what I love about it. So you can sign up and support us that way through donorbox.org slash pew P E W. Or you can go and join our Just Account the View community by signing up for The Narrow Road. It's $20 a month plus shipping, and you'll get the, the book to your door. You'll be in a group with other men. We'll have monthly calls, all of those things. So you get a lot more when you do that. Mm-hmm. But, hey, whatever you can do helps. I got a donation from somebody in Australia the other day, a really nice guy, and a nice letter, and said, hey, this is what I have to give, and I just really appreciate what you're doing. So thank you for that. And and you know folks that's what we're trying to do is just continue to grow this and you know the unfortunate thing with ministry is it takes money like everything else to do so um the more you can support us through this this you know nonprofit, it, it's a tax write-off all of those things to benefit you but it will help us continue our mission of reaching men in the church and helping them to come home to jesus so they can be better brothers fathers husbands and sons so you can do all that again by going to donorbox.org or you can go to the website and um, and click the uh, near road in the community and join the community there. Uh, last thing I'll say is the pilgrimage. We're still signing up people for Father Larry Richards and my, and, and my pilgrimage. It's May 10th through the 21st of 2023. Uh, tons of amazing things. We're going to go to all the sites that you would want to go to uh, in the Holy Room. We're going to walk, Holy Room, Holy Land. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to be outside of we'll one room. In the we're Holy not room just going to sit in a room. <laughs> yeah. But in the Holy Land, and yeah. we're going to go all those places. We're going to renew our wedding vows at Cana. We're going to go to the Sea of Galilee going to walk the Via Della Rosa, all of those things. So if you've been wanting to go to the Holy Land, we would love for you to come with us. Uh, we're going to have a great time. We're going with Select Travel. They do everything top-notch. Uh, my wife, Angela, is going to go. 
And and I know there's a lot of people that listen to the podcast that started to sign up too. So if you want to go to that, you can go to the website again on the events and book me page and you'll see the pilgrimage part there in the middle. Go and fill it out. Put your deposit down and sign up to go to the Holy Land with us in 2023. So now that we got all that out of the way, you know, Victor, I told you that we're going to have a follow-up sort of the last week. And I just, you know, Holy Week was just so beautiful this year for me. You know, I mentioned on here going through the wounds, you know, my father wounds and Mm -hmm. things like that. And it was just so much more of a transformative length than than what I thought it might be originally. You know, I I, kind of felt like I I didn't really pick anything to sacrifice. And as I said a couple times in here in the last few weeks, the Lord kind of said, no, you're you're dealing with this. Mm -hmm. And so there was a blessing in that, but it also... Holy Week, just to spend it all with my family. You know, I was talking to Deacon Jeff last week, and we went to Father Gio's Holy Hour on Monday, and the Chrism Mass, and then our group Wednesday, and then we were all uh, had the honor to be able to serve the the Holy Thursday, the Last Supper Mass, and went to Good Friday Mass. The only thing we didn't do was a vigil. We kind of puttered out like by Saturday, but we did go to Easter Sunday. Right. You know, on Sunday morning at ten thirty. Um, but what it did was just really, I just as I went through those things of Holy Week, it's just when you go to all those things you're invited into those moments and you're reading that scripture again and again. And I was also doing Bible in a year, which, you know, I don't know if it was a coincidence or the way they planned it, but you were going through John, you know, the days that, that what was happening in Holy week were the same days that were happening to Jesus in, in the Bible in a year. Mm-hmm. So I was just like, wow, this is like double doses of this stuff all day long. And I'm just getting inundated with this. And one of the readings that just struck me, you know, is, is on uh, Wednesday of Holy week. And it's, when they start to talk about Judas and when Judas is really starting to come forward to betray the Lord. And, you know, the, the very first couple lines of that, it's Matthew 26, 14 through 25. But it says, Then one of the twelve, who was called Judas Iscariot, went to the chief priest and said, What will you give me if I deliver him to you? And I was doing this in the narrow road. I mean, you can see in front of me, Victor, I've got mm-hmm. that in front of me and underlined and notes. And it just struck me, like, what will you give me if I deliver him to you? And then it's followed by, And they paid him 30 pieces of silver. And so he doesn't even say that's not enough. That's not you know that'll work. Well, just you never know. Maybe and, <laughs> maybe start at ten and he worked his way up. Yeah, to 30. who knows? Know. Maybe, but I mean, maybe. But the next line is what got me. It's just and from that moment he sought an opportunity to betray him. Yeah. And you know I just the thing that came to my mind is, are we taking our sins seriously? Because that moment you're like, man, and, and and we all probably have that hatred and that sickness that wells up on us on that day on Wednesday of Holy Week when you hear this reading every year. Like, how could he do that? You know, mm-hmm. Jesus, Jesus loved him and Jesus walked with him for three years and Jesus was, they were just brothers and how could he do this? And it's so easy to get disgusted by other people's sins and to condemn other people. And as I read that and I felt that to well up in me, I'm like, man, am I taking my sin seriously? Right? Because Judas at that time, obviously he wasn't taking this very seriously if he, if he said, what will you give me to betray him? Mm-hmm. Because at that point, he's already kind of made the decision that I'm going to give up this man that I love, who I have proclaimed to be the Messiah, you know, and the Savior, but I'm going to trade him for a, for for 30 pieces of silver. So at some point, it's like, when do when does sin become, like, just not a big deal? And, you know, with Judas, we, we start to see that, you know, li- our life takes a dangerous turn when we start to, to be okay with one sin. And with Judas, I mean, he started stealing money from the money bag. I mean, John right. says that, you know, that he, that he, uh, it was known that he was stealing from the bag. And even when Jesus says, he says, is it me, Lord? And he says, go and do what you're going to do quickly. They thought he was going to give money to people or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, that Jesus was sending him to do something else. But really what this is telling me is that like he started stealing from that money bag 
and became okay with it and then probably found a love of money, right? And, and greed and money started to control his oh, life. The power, the power to, to go up there and give people money. And then, yeah, and then or him even thinking, keep it for himself. Well, and, and then him thinking like, I'm doing this. This is, you need to thank me. Yeah. You know, I'm giving you this money to where he, he thought that this was this belonged to him. And so he had that ego. Sure. And that pride to where, like I said, he, he thinks he is doing all this, not Christ. Right. Yeah. Well, and they, they basically call him a thief. So yeah. they made it sound like he was keeping it for himself. Possibly but, so. A little, little skimming off the top. Right. So, yeah. so you, you can't tell me that like that over time, being okay with the first time that he took a little bit of money out of that, right. he probably felt bad. But hey, I need this. I have bills. Right. I have whatever. The petty cash takes thing. a little bit right. of it. Nobody right. notices. Hey, well, if they didn't notice that, well, they notice you know right. five more or one more or whatever. And the next thing you know, what will you give me? Thirty pieces of silver sold, right? right? And we become so okay with sin, and we don't take sin seriously anymore. And that's when we fall into dangerous, dangerous sin in our life. So today, I want to talk about that. Is you know why don't we feel that same way? It's so easy mm-hmm. to look at Judas and be disgusted by him. But why aren't we taking our own sin seriously? Because if we're not, we're going to wind up in the same sort of place he's in. Well, and you kind of he talked, wasn't. right? Yeah. You kind of talked about this earlier. Is that every time we sin, obviously we're wounding Christ. What mm-hmm. we're doing, we're damaging our relationship with Christ. Because what we're saying is like, I, I, I want to do this, and I know I'm not supposed to do this, but you know, this is this is what I choose to do. Yeah. And you said it starts off small, and then it gets to the point where you're going, well, I might as well just do what I want to do. And then, well, I'll, the repercussions will come later. Yeah. Um, and like you said, we become hard-hearted. And that's the hard-heartedness that I think we ought to be warned of, is that when we get to the point where we're so comfortable in, in what we do, even though we know it's probably not right, we think we start having power you know, power control of what we think it is, rightly deserves us to do, yeah. to make these decisions without asking people for permission. Well, and it's it's just good habits are so hard to build, but they're so easy to break. Yeah, you know, like if you've you've given up smoking cigarettes like ten years ago, and then you you drink one night, and somebody gives you a cigarette, and you don't think it's a big deal, and next thing you know, you're back at the store buying cigarettes again after mm-hmm. ten years of of doing well, and and that's like I said, that's that's what sin leads to when we we don't take it seriously, and and you know, I just I, I think very often, you know, we get away from Holy Week, we get away from the passion. And, and even right afterwards, like I was talking with Deacon Jeff last week, like we don't, I don't think that we, con- we, we constantly keep close to our heart that passion of Jesus, right? And, and could comprehend like what happened to him. Like mm-hmm. when you and I were sitting in the room with the men's group last Wednesday night and you, we were listening to Father Larry like, you know, go vividly through every whip and every slash and how, what he must have looked like and the gouging of flesh and just how, you know, vividly descriptive he was of it. You look around that room and men were like teared up. Like mm-hmm. men were, there was a couple of guys I could tell were trying to keep from sobbing. Me being one of them, you know, because it's just weighing on you. Like this happened, and this it was this severe. Right. And it, the cost of our sin had to be the payment of it had to be this severe. And so, how can I like we if if we are not taking our sin seriously? then we're forgetting the cost, what it cost, right? Jesus' very life, his very flesh, his very blood, like God taking on flesh to come down to save us in that manner was his choice, yes, but there was a tremendous cost to all of this. And so when we don't keep that fresh in our mind and close to our heart, sin just because some, something else, right? Like if you're just looking at crucifix, and we all have the pretty crucifix with no blood and no scratch marks on Jesus, and right. he's just hanging there. But when we, we turn away, when we see the ones that are depicted actually like it was, was cuts and blood all over him and bleeding out of his eyes and from his head and everything else, we're like, mm-hmm. yeesh, I don't want to look at that, yeah. right? And 
But the thing is, we need to look at that and we need to remind that because that's remind ourselves of that because that's what makes us take that sin seriously. That's the suffering of the cross. Right? Yeah. If yeah. you could call that into your mind when mm-hmm. you go, well, you know what? I really feel like, you know, my wife, my wife hadn't been uh, meeting my needs lately or whatever. You know, how guys think, you know, she hadn't been taking care of me. So I guess I'm going to go take care of myself and, you know, I'll be okay this one time watching this one thing. And next thing you know, you find yourself in a hole, like right. addicted to porn, you know, or you like the white lie, like I said, it becomes, you know, you become a habitual liar very quickly because you became okay with one lie. Um, you know, every, it just, the whole, everything happens like this because when we become okay with sin, we become okay with walking away from Jesus. And that's what happened to Judas is he's like, you know what? This money's treated me pretty good. I don't really know if Jesus is this, who he says he is. If he is, he'll come out of this. All right. You know, he's, he's, if he's really God, he'll figure this out. And so he just, you know, betrays him. And what does it lead him to? It leads him to committing suicide. It leads him to not truly repenting, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, we we don't think about this very often, but G, like Judas had time between when they told him what they would give him and when he betrayed Jesus. I mean, he went to the Last Supper. He had multiple opportunities to say, Jesus, wait a minute. Like, I've done something terrible. And you probably yeah. already know it, but I, I want to, please forgive me, right? I mean, he... Peter had the opportunity that Jesus basically built in for him to have to go and get that repentance that Peter got. But Judas had all the opportunity in the world to go and take it seriously. And for whatever reason, I don't know if he just thought, well, I can't tell anybody. They won't forgive me. I'll, I'll, you know, I'll lose face or whatever it is. But he didn't take that seriously. And sometimes I think that that can be very dangerous for us because I think a lot of times in our lives, mm-hmm. we can take the sacrament of reconciliation as just a, something like, oh, I can go ahead and sin because there's always that. Right, Father will be on there from being there from two to five on Saturday. And if I can't make that, then he'll be in there ten minutes before Mass on Sunday. And we start to treat, you know, to treat the Sacrament of Reconciliation like a get out of jail free card, or you know, a, a a car wash where I got a little dirt on me. Let me go wash it off. I've said that on here before, or a cheap shot of mercy. You know, that's really what this becomes. And and the thing is, it, it's just it's it's so disrespectful of of what Jesus has done for us. Right, and, and we have to find a way in our lives to continue to keep what he's done for us in the forefront of our mind because when we're in Lent, it's like we're trying everything we can do not to sin because it's right there in your face. But we have to do our part on, as, as Christians in our spiritual maturity to say like, no, I'm never going to forget what's been done for me. And therefore, if I'm keeping that at the forefront of my mind, I'm not going to, I'm going to take my sin seriously and I'm not going to let this just become something that slips up on me. And next thing you know, I'm in a, in, in a, and an avalanche going downhill towards hell real quick. Yeah. Well, and the reconciliation, you know, the sacrament is really what it is. It's, it's in the word bringing back t- together, meaning that mm-hmm. you and Christ are back to where you were supposed to be. And and the great thing about that is it's like it's a clinic, yeah. you know, a clinic for our soul. We go in there, we get the the, band, the spiritual bandages of our wounds that we've caused Christ, and we put it on there and say, I'm sorry. You know, here's the Band-Aid here. Here's some salve. I... Yeah. I'm, I'm sorry, forgive me what I've done, and you're healing the fracturedness that you've caused between you and, and Christ. And I think that's what we need to look into, not as like a like a high five, Jesus, I'm sorry, but you know, we're good, right? Yeah. I mean, because how how solid is that? But when you go in there totally remorseful in the sense of saying, I caused so much wounds to you, I've caused so much separation between you and I, you know, forgive me, you know, and and help me to be better than I am. No, okay. you're you're exactly right, and, and and so many of us we don't look at the sacrament of reconciliation as is a gift. Like we look at it as a punishment and something like I just want to go in there and get it over with, and 
you know, so I'll feel better, but I really don't want to do it because it's awkward and, and I don't want to tell this priest this and all that. Don't even know if he's in the person of, you know, persona of Chris Day. Like, I've heard it all, right? And you've heard it all too in our men's yeah. group and from just a bunch of different men. And what we have to remember is the sacrament of reconciliation is a gift meant to allow us to That's reconcile awesome. to the Father. You know, when we have given all, you know, our all to resist temptation, but in our weakness fall or fail, mm-hmm. you know, this is this is what that is for. When we've given everything and it's a last, like now we have to go say we're sorry because for whatever reason in our life, we fell to something, you know, and that should be what it is, is, is you know, I have to go do this because I gave my all and I, I failed. And God's okay with that, right? He knows you're going to fall and fail, but it, confession needs to be the thing to reconcile, not the first thing you look at and say, well, mm-hmm. I can always go and get a, right. a quick, I'm, I'm sorry, in and, and whatever. And then, because in that way, you're you're going in there and you're reading the act of contrition if you don't have it memorized and you, you're not even paying attention to what you're reading. Like, I make a promise to amend my life. Like, I'm going to do whatever I can to never out. be in right. here again for this sin, right? That's really what we're saying there is I'm going to do my damnedest, really, like everything in my power to not be in here for this again. Now, I'm not perfect, you know. I, I I'm not saying that if I struggle, if I have a struggle with porn, for instance, that I'm probably not going to fall again. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, is like starting to make a decision in my life that this is hurting people and it's hurting me, and, and most of all, it's hurting God, and it's disrespecting what He's done for me, right? And, and and I just don't think that enough of us take sin seriously in this world. And obviously, we don't because you can look around the world and see. You know the debauchery and and just the straight up evil that's in the oh, you're world. You talking about the ratings? In just the world? anything, yeah. like <laughs> anything. It's just like anything goes these days. And do yeah. what you want, be who you want, and don't care. And get up and slap somebody on live TV and not care what happens. Right. And all this stuff that's going on. You know, it's just like when did this become okay? Right. There's no self control anymore. Right. In the world. So like, yeah. I mean, you know, I, I don't want to talk too much about the Oscar stuff, but it's supposed to be turn the other cheek, not slap somebody's cheek. Right. Mm-hmm. Like. And so there's, there's just all of this stuff in the world. And when we become okay with sin, then it's just, you can see it as you look back over the decades with, you know, uh, Playboy magazine and things like that. And then all of a sudden there's a little bit of this on TV and then a little bit of that. And now like, you know, when we were kids, you had to, you had to have Cinemax or something to see some of the stuff that's on TV. Now you just have to have cable, mm-hmm. right? And it's there. And so you see how this progresses and it progresses in our own life that way when we sit here and we allow these things to happen. And so... You know, when we talk about um, the sacrament of confession, we, we shouldn't use it as a or sacrament of reconciliation. We shouldn't use it as an excuse to give into temptation just because we know God is merciful, right? And, and I've got a quote here from St. John that says, Let us therefore give ourselves to, to God with a des- great desire to begin to live thus and beg him to destroy in us the life of, wor- of the world of sin and to establish his life within us, right? This is what this means is we're, we're basically going to, to beg him to help us destroy this sin in our life and to forgive us and help us to move past it so that we can he can establish his life within us. But I think so many of us, we look at confession as just, a, like I said, as a get-out-of-jail-free card, mm-hmm. and we don't take it seriously because we don't take our sin seriously, right? And and this we're just putting ourselves in a place like Jesus. like I mean, like not like Jesus, but Judas. You know, Judas, he went back and he regretted it, but he didn't take it, he didn't go for that seriously for that reconciliation. And what did he do? He wound up hanging himself. And now he's probably forever in hell because of all the sins that he committed, right? The son of destruction and all of that. So, you know, we have to start truly loving Jesus. This is the thing here. Like, you know, if you think about your wife or your kids or anybody that you truly love in your life, a good friend, you don't ever want to hurt them. 
right? You don't want to do anything that hurt them. You don't want to talk bad about them. You don't want to speak, you lose your temper and, and speak in a way to them that, that hurts them, you know, especially with your kids and your wife and stuff. And so you do everything you can not to do that. And so we need to have to, rem- we need to remember what Jesus has done for us and that we love him and that there's a cost to everything that we do. There's a cost to sin and, and that somebody had to pay for it. <laughs> and Jesus did it with his life. So you know, when we don't want to hurt somebody, we do everything we can to avoid it. And that's what we have to do. And that's what we pledge to do, to avoid, the, to amend my life and avoid the near occasion of sin. Avoid the opportunity to hurt God again. So there's another quote here I have that says, who, he, do, he who does not acquire the love of God will scarcely persevere in the grace of God, for it is very difficult to renounce sin merely through fear of chastisement. We're supposed to love God, not to fear chastisement, not to, not to fear what may come of it. And so this is why we have to take our sin seriously, right? And start looking at it and saying, you know, every time we're tempted, don't just go, well, I'll, I'll have a chance to, you know, redo. I've mm-hmm. got a do-over. All I got to do is wait till Saturday or 10 minutes before Mass Sunday and I'm good. No, we need to start saying like, no, every time that I do this, I'm inviting the opportunity for greater sin to come in my life. I'm basically spitting on the crucifix, right? Spitting on the body of Christ that's, that went through all of that for me. And adding more to his load, more to his pain, right? More to what he had to go through. Because again, he died for all the sins that had been, were present, and ever will be. Right. So we're adding to that to that load. So, you know, if we truly love him, and that's that's the key, we have to truly love him. And so, you know, here at the end of the show, I, I want to talk about three things quickly we need to do to take our sins seriously, because we always want to do that. One, I, I call this RAR. You know, we need to repent. We have to make a choice in our free will to stop sinning. We talk about repentance in here all the time. And if you've listened, you maybe said, hey, this is, he talks about this all the time. There's a point to it. If we don't repent, we're not making progress in our life. So we have to repent and make our free will in our free will a choice to stop that particular sin and all the ones that we do regularly. Two, the A part of, of RAR, amend. We have to choose to turn away from sin and vice and turn towards love and virtue. We have to start making concrete changes in our life that will help us to avoid the near occasion of sin. This is our response to what Jesus has done for us, is to make that change and make a concrete decision to change. And then the last R is resist. We have to do everything in our power to keep from sinning. In those moments of temptation, we have to remember what the price of sin was. It cost Jesus everything. This is where our love for him has to overpower our own wants and selfish desires. And remember that the reason that that we need to take our sin seriously is because Jesus took our redemption seriously. So guys, I hear that music. Look, if we become okay with one sin, it won't be long before we're okay with a lot of sins. Let's stop choosing sin in our life and choose to love Jesus in response to what he's done for us. So in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Lord Jesus, it can be so easy for us to fall into outrage or disgust over the sins of another. Rarely do we ever experience that same feeling when it comes to our own sins and misgivings. Help us to take more seriously the areas of sin we have in our own lives. And Lord, whenever we have fallen, remind us of the call to true repentance so that we may take our time in the sacrament of reconciliation to heart and resolve to amend our lives for love of you. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Thanks for listening to Just a Guy in the Pew. To find out more about John Edwards or have him come to speak to your parish, group, or conference, go to justaguyinthepew.com or send us an email at justaguyinthepew at gmail.com. <laughs>